Oh, that is our beloved Amy, uh, formerly Amy Anderson, if we now know her. She and Grant are expecting, and, and Amy Olson is uh, is uh, teeing off around 9.33 Central tomorrow in Pebble uh, Pebble Beach, California. In fact, on our our Colpac mailbag today, Jeff, who runs as the Off Show Weekends, uh, Jeff is actually flying to uh, Pebble to cover. Good for him, and he's going to join us. I think he'll have touched down gotten his rental car, and imagine it's near someplace really nice by the time he joins us. This Women's Open coming up, there's a lot of things in it. I think uh, Sorenstam might be in probably her, one of her last events. Michelle Wee has announced, I believe this is going to be her oh, really? last. And then uh, for Amy, uh, one of the questions for Jeff, who talks with Amy quite a bit, and I, uh, you know, with the child coming, you know, is this a detour or is this possibly... You know, a career move for Amy. So there's a lot going on on that. And there, there, she's 30. <laughs> and by the way, it's not like you know she's 65. Well, time and, flies, by the way. Yeah, but seven months seems like I, she just got out of high school, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems like I was just entering NDSU. Oh just my heavens! Texting her, going, "Hey, you want to zip on the air real quick while oh, you really? go out of that as a collegiate athlete golfing in the open?" You know, and now all of a sudden it's it's a ten dozen years later, whatever the case. So it's all good. Dick Bramer joining us today. The twins. I got the right team uh, taking on Kansas City and got the bats. Uh, it just takes a, a, a series against the Royals to start getting a little more healthy. The guys are swinging it well. So we'll talk to Dick about that, fellas. Uh, why not? Well, one thing I'm going to ask him about, I think this is, you know, did they stumble onto something with Correa leading Good off enough? now? I mean, it just it, it seems like that maybe was, they've been looking for this, you know, since <laughs> – you know, since the trade, we've talked about so much of the rise. Right. You know, they try try to start off against right-handers with Kepler because Kepler had success during the whole Bomba squad thing leading off in that situation. Um, maybe they found something here, and and who knows? If that's anything that can stir the drink, we'll take it. The uh, I noticed even uh, we we were having this discussion about you know how the two hole has changed in uh, in in baseball. You know that mm-hmm. that two hole was I'm I'm not saying I took all the highest level classes at NDSU, but I'll just say this. One of the finals on one of the classes and courses I took, coach uh, taught by Leo Ringy, bless his heart, love Leo Ringy, uh, was uh, a sports class. And one of the finals of the question was, is, is right down in a batting lineup, numbers one through nine, and an example of the type of player that you'd have hit, you know, one, two, three, four, five, all the way through. So like you said, number one, you know, ability to take some pitches, you know, see guys on deck and see some get on base, you know, fast. Right. You know, two was that easy, good back control, could get a guy over, maybe could bunt a little bit, but it was kind of that. That two, three holes, your best hitter, highest average, that four big driving runs, five, yep. like four, all the way through. But now that two holes a little a little different. Two twos, twos a guy that's going to drive in runs. A yep. Two two is a spot. Corral Prime, Chris Coast has put Prime in the two hole uh, the last couple of games, and he's homered in the last two games and drove in some runs. So. Yeah. Uh, I think it's safe to say that the, the answers to those questions will be a lot different in 2023 than when uh, <laughs> Coach Ringy was put, yeah. pulling <laughs> that in. Leo was in the late 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Leo <laughs> handed it to me knowing I was a big sports guy going, you're going to breeze through this one. This is a pretty, yeah, you're right. I wonder what the answers would be to that uh, that test. Well, it's now. interesting because, and to that point, you know, when I first would watch uh, baseball, you know, Randy Davis, you know, you'd have uh, – uh, all these different type of uh, Ron Davis and oh. Goose Gossett and yeah. stuff. They come as the closer, maybe the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. You won't see him for a couple of days, and it kind of seems that's what Johan Duran is. But you know, Tom Kelly and and uh, Larusso, they kind of got this the thing where they're just a. Uh, 
you'd have your seventh, eighth, and ninth guys, right? I mean, yep. they, they, Juan Berenguer and Jeff Reard, and then you had you know all these guys sure. leading up to uh, uh, Aguilera, Aguilera, that you're, type you're of thing. Back end, yeah, right. And, and you certainly saw that Ron Gardenhire followed that with. Uh, You'd have, you know, Latroy Hawkins and Eddie Gordado. You know, I guess you'd have J.C. Romero in, you know, the seventh inning guy. You had your guys, and that went all the way up until the Kansas City Royals of a few years ago, and now it's all over the board again. <laughs> right, right now it's just it's I, which outs, which time, and and to the lineup. You know, I, I tell you, and, and now as you age and you you see how games are won or big games are won, and yeah, you need your your guys to do. You need your stars to be stars. There's no question. I mean, if if Correa's not doing anything. Buxton's not doing anything. Twins aren't going to do anything. You can only get so much. But it really is, you know, that that six, seven, eight, or seven, eight, nine that flips back to one, two. That that to me is so vital. So yeah. and there are some teams with a with a nine one that's interchangeable. That it's almost like having two guys that that are that stay competitive in at bats. You know that that are quick. That can be uh, a menace on the base pass. Maybe got a little pop in their bat at the nine and the one spot. And to me, teams that sure. have a have that get to be very dangerous teams. So I don't know. Didn't the Twins, Brad, do that with Carlos Gomez? He wasn't comfortable at the top of the lineup, and they, that was their thing for putting him in the back end, and it kind of made that clear to him. Was, was that for a while? When they I first... I believe that's correct. Yes, and there was a point I think when Buxton in his early days they put him in the nine yeah, hole for the same of, reason. For the same reason yeah. uh, for Twins fans that that are in the a woe is uh, woe is us with with the injuries and having to shuffle guys between St. Paul and and Minneapolis, and we get it. So Mike Trout been put on the uh, the injured list. He's got a broken wrist, broken left wrist, and Mike claims that that Trout he claims he's going to you know I'll be back, but a broken left wrist. So he's on the IL. Then uh, third baseman Anthony Rendon uh, removed for the Angels uh, uh, loss, uh, fouled the ball off his leg, uh, left shin contusion. The good news there, X ray is negative, but that's a pretty good player. Then Shohei Otani. Blister on the middle finger of his uh, pitching hand Ugh. gave up consecutive homers. Uh, Bogarts was Bogarts was one of them. Uh, allowed five runs, seven hits, struck out five, walked four. Now blisters, I'm sure heal. You foul a ball off your leg, I'm sure it heals. Trout's broken wrist might be a little different story for a while, but see, even some of these other teams and. Are are going? We're all kind of going through it. Those those well, are three Angels big ones, by me, the way. You want to talk about a team with bad luck? Charlie oh. Brown, cloud over the head, raining on oh, them. Yeah, oh. they uh they can't catch a break. The uh we'll uh, so we'll talk with Dick Brammer today at at twenty, and then Jeff Kolpak with his Kolpak mailbag around the corner. I got a haircut today, and I don't bring this up um, for any other reason than this. So I'm sitting in the chair, and I'm chatting with uh, Andrea, who uh, cut my hair today, and I was very pleased, you know. And, and I again, I'm not bringing this up because Derek and Brad are going to go whatever you say, just move along, and let's right. get to the bottom of it. I haven't paid for a haircut in about twenty years. But I asked her, and I'm not talking about locks for love. I have a niece that, that has given locks for love for sure. many years. But I'm not talking about that. But I asked Andrea today, midway through the, the nice haircut, I thought, and, and I said, what do you do with the hair? Like for just general Joes like me, you know, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you do with the hair? And I got an interesting response. What do you think? What do you think? Because some people want it. To do something with it, um, there's actually a company out there that also will take the hair, balls up hair into gigantic hay bale esque type rolls. And I learned something today that people will collect hair 
and uh, and put it in their garden. Really? Okay. I guess it 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 it's next time I pass someone's tomato patch, I'm like I I part of my DNA could be in there. But hmm. yeah, they use that in their garden. Have you ever heard of that? That's, no, that's a new one. New one for me. That is it. Uh, the other one, there's a big company out. <laughs> See, we were talking about sitting, chatting with your hair person. Is that Dave DeCock approved? Is what <laughs> yeah, I good, that, that, that's on a McCall plant <laughs> talk. I'm going to call Dave DeCock. Coming up on our sister yeah. station on Thursday. Thursday. How long has that program been running, Derek, on KFGO? About as long as I've been walking the face right, of the Right, 30, 40 years. I doubt anybody has asked Dave yeah. DeCock. I'm going to text that in. I, Whether right Amy and JJ now. know that or not. Right but now. I want the answer to that because she said, yeah. I have, she goes, in fact, I have a lady that... that, that Takes her own hair home. I think you're going to tell me that someone's going to try to rival my pillow or something with the <laughs> you know, hair in the pillow. The or... other one, and unless she's wrong, uh, taken in by um, uh, companies that remove oil stains and spills uh, because the the chemical the, the hair uh, uh-huh. collects uh, the the spill helps clean up and, and collect the. Uh, the spill. Now we're well, this talking guy about... who worked with it spilled some oil once in a while. Never use that. I mean, something that kind of looks like <laughs> so... almost kitty litter is something that we used a lot. But <laughs> so, um, so I, that's a new one to me. I, I you know, you never, you're never too old to learn. I just learned two things today. Uh, just getting a haircut. You wow. know. Now again, we're not. As, as Brad mentioned, it's not Dave DeCock approved yeah, yet. Cass County Horticulture. If Dave says it's okay, then I'm. Then I'm. But I, I would imagine. I don't know. Does does hair? I'm sure it has some still chemicals. But anyway, that, that's uh, that's my. Uh, that's what I'm, I'm bringing to you. Very interesting. Today. Yeah, that's a little thing. Uh, to text in three five two seven zero, you pick the right day. Of course, every day is the right day to tune into the show. Pick the right day today because tomorrow night. At Newman Outdoor Field is is fan night where the the media sponsors oh, seven yes. out. You know what happens then is that someone a listener to your show or your station uh, can throw out the first pitch. So we have collected four plus two, I believe today, right, Brad? I mean, yeah, we we'll get... have uh, like I said, we we'll, uh, we got four pack of tickets. If you need a couple extras, we can probably make that happen. See what we're doing right there. Um, if, if you text in uh, pitch pitch p i t c h pitch to the number 35270 we'll draw and 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 at the end of the show and someone listening today is going to have a chance to throw out the first pitch at the Red Hawks game against Milwaukee and by the way if you missed it yesterday there's no wonder these two teams played for the Miles Wolf Cup championship because they are two good clubs and uh, the Red Hawks survived yesterday and got an 8-6 win Christian Young was thrown a perfect through three and then that second trip to the lineup, Red Hawks have a way to make adjustments and start putting the ball in play. Prime homers, they get you know a sun ball double that scores two. Um, so the Red Hawks won eight to six. And then uh, tonight, uh, the league's top ERA guy going up against Farquhar, so it's not going to be easier tonight. And then tomorrow's another good matchup. So uh, by all means, tomorrow, Coral Prime, you get your chance to see the Shohei Otani. Yeah. There you go. All right, you know, so Prime throwing tomorrow. That that's so text pitch P I T C H. Uh, to three five two seven zero, and uh, we'll draw and get a chance to draw out the first uh, pitch. You guys get into the the, the whole uh, uh, Joey Chestnut thing? No, no it, that it, does nothing for me. It, 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 I can't even watch it. it may, they showed highlights of it. it; makes me ill watching it. I it was last night. Uh, we were uh, went over to uh, relatives to watch fireworks out the town. Yeah, someone someone you know. Ah. Uh, and uh, I was talking to her. We were talking to her kids. We were playing bangs outside. And I was talking to did her. Did I happen to coach her perhaps at Shanley? You did, yes. Okay. <laughs> and, thank, yes and, and thank you for inviting us out to the house. Um, but anyway, um, 
I was talking to her kids and we were talking about the whole hot dogs. You know, these are right. You know, eight, eleven, twelve year old kids going. Or actually, one's a, I think one's a teenager now. He goes, oh, that is so gross. It, <laughs> they so read that by, by the time I got back last night. <laughs> you're right. I I had I didn't see it. I only heard that Chestnut won again. So then there, because ESPN right now is is uh, you know on the TV they're running. It's like late night talk shows. That uh, like last night Kimmel was running a show after the Super Bowl and Fallon was running some rerun after Thanksgiving Day because everyone's watching fireworks outside. Everybody, right? Yeah, so July Fourth. So I saw the the best part to me uh, the 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 Nathan Sondag thing because we've had the announcer on quite a, a few times on the show mm-hmm. the guy that does hairs from Lisbon North right. Dakota the king and he's making he's just making all these grandiose intros yes that to me is the that to me is it then the, then the contest starts and I and I feel a little like I don't know if I'm hungry ever again I don't think I'm gonna yeah, do it. I, I'm afraid if I watch that full I would never eat a hot dog ever again and it's too bad because I love hot dogs yeah I'd much rather watch here. the Kabasa Queen on Howard Stern but that's a whole different yeah. story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my G! Oh my Gunderson! Oh my Gunderson! Yeah, yeah, that's that's oh right my there. G. How fitting is that? Oh that's my! Oh my G. G! I don't know if I'd like. I don't know if I'd choose to watch any. I, I, what competitive eating challenge is 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 pleasant to watch? Is there one? I don't know. I I tried it because th- they just do a timing thing on how quickly you could eat some fender food at the Red Valley Fair one year, and I I always try to embarrass her with this, but it, it's just true fact and. Uh, Brad, your friend Jody Norris said his wife, Amy Unra, she yes. kicked our butt. J.J. Gordon, all of us. I it, heard that story. It was, yes. it was unbelievable. I remember She's 98 that. pounds soaking wet. Right. And she smoked all of us. And I said, well, I, I, I'm not worthy of ever doing this again. <laughs> so that, w- that was amazing. So um, that's the only th- type of thing I've partaken in. It wasn't, so that, that wasn't so bad because it wasn't really amounts of food that you had to eat. It was just time to eat something and who, yeah. who could finish it off first. I and, said this on KFJO. I said, you're looking at guys like Joey Chestnut and the Black Widow and all the other all the other mm-hmm. champions. You're looking at them like they have a human body. They don't. They're just, they're eating machines. That's what they turn into. They're just, they're a way to funnel something through as fast as you can and as much as you can. There's no other. Well, and I asked the question to Doug Lear this morning. I said, you know, what do you do from Joey Chestnut? I mean, we need, you know, it sounds like they can go from the FCS like FBS. I guess we need like a South Dakota State to finally knock off the Bison type of thing, right? Right. And someone's got to beat Joey. Yeah. Someone's got to get. They got to line up and you know go and recruit well or whatever just to finally knock them off. So it's that it's is a, one sport where practicing for it. Well, they must have to, or right? Well, you'd think so, unless it's just something you do every day. I mean, I mean, you must like, have metabolism that you know is right, right up there with you know the. The, the space jet that Tom Cruise flew in Top Gun Maverick. I, think, I think, I mean, how do you, if you practice for, that's that's just, uh, that's not going to be pleasant. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, well, it's good. Twins back in action tonight. They'll hand the ball to Pablo Lopez. Off day, and then the O's come to town. Only one uh, all-star representative from the Minnesota Twin. We'll talk about that with Dick Bremer. Sonny Gray is that guy. Uh, th- that All-Star game is right around the corner. The Red Hawks and the American Association All-Star game is July 18th. So this is big. I know you've got the, the Country Fest going on in Western Nodak, right? And the yeah. fair starting this week. Correct, Friday. Yes. The Red yes. River Valley Fair. So it's a, another busy time. It's an uptick. Twins baseball coming up tonight on KFGO. Red Hawks here. Dick Bremer, he does the play-by-play for the uh, television voice of the Minnesota Twins. He's next. Brought to you by Jefferson Lines. It's a Wednesday after 4th of July at 740 The Fan.
talking Minnesota Twins. With the Tillifer's voice of the Minnesota Twins, he is the legendary Dick Bremer joining us today. And good to talk to Dick today. Normally we'd have you on a Tuesday, but of course Tuesday was the 4th of July. Here we are a day later. It was good for those Minnesota Twins. They have uh, put a couple in the in the, uh, in the can there against the Kansas City Royals. And Dick, we're seeing at least uh, in this series some, some bats come alive. And uh, how can't one be a little excited about Kenta Maeda and, and what he did yesterday, huh Dick? Yeah, three starts since he's come off the injured list, and he's been really good in all three and covered seven innings in the ball game yesterday. Uh, and, yeah, you can say it's Kansas City, and the Royals have not had a good season. But uh, just in the last couple of weeks, they split a four-game series with the Rays, and they just came off a series where they uh, beat the Dodgers two out of three. So the Royals were playing pretty good baseball. But it, the, I think the most encouraging thing for Twins fans is now five games since the closed door meeting and all the stuff that went on when the twins got swept in Atlanta and three times they've had a really good series of at bats in games. They've won four of the five games and this looks to be the twins team. We thought we were going to see in the first three months of the year. Yeah. I think, you know, we maybe were a little bit of chicken little running around after they got swept by the Braves, but uh, this just in the Braves are also pretty good too, <laughs> the, the way they've been playing. So not that the twins going to play better, but you know what I'm getting at. Well, it wasn't just that the Braves beat the Twins and beat them soundly, really. Just the at-bats looked terrible. And, uh, you know, strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. And now in the last three games, the Twins have struck out, I think, six, seven, and five times in the last three games. So uh, that's encouraging. Uh, and we'll see what happens as the homestand continues. But, uh, you know, the Twins, if they have decided or – figured some things out to play really good baseball in July, that could be a really key thing because the month of July, the Orioles are the only team that they face that has a winning record. So it's a good time to be playing good baseball. Donovan Solano, I don't know if we talk about him enough, but just kind of his approach and maybe does he, well, he can fit anywhere in the lineup, but does putting him in that two hole make the most sense in this lineup when he's in there? Well, I think so. And I'm beginning to believe we've talked on television how, uh, the Twins had a terrible first half of the year in 2003, and Terry Ryan swung the Shannon Stewart trade, and that turned everything around. Maybe the cure for all of this has been in-house all along, because Solano, as he did last night, he got three extra base hits, but he got a hit to center, a hit to right, then a hit to left. That's what I think uh, would be a good model for the other guys in the lineup to, uh, as they say, let the ball travel a little bit deeper over the plate and then put a good swing on it and hit it hard someplace. It doesn't necessarily have to be to the pull side. Hearing from Max Kepler, uh, some of the sound in the postgame show, Dick, and, and we played some today, and, and it just feels like his mindset. He feels he's comfortable. And I don't know if that's he's comfortable with the with what's going on, with the lineup, how he feels, how he's seeing the ball, his hands, how it's hitting barrel. But it, it, does he look like he's it, 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 turning some sort of corner, at least in, in feeling feeling comfortable at the plate? Well, I think you're right, and I think he's not the only one. I think there are a bunch of guys that feel more comfortable. And how much of a factor it is, I don't know. The players might not even know. But they decided to reorganize some things in their preparation uh, for a game and for a particular pitcher. Instead of having uh, the hitting coaches and the analytics people tell the hitters, the guys who have to execute the plan, what the plan is, that information is still 
uh, conveyed, but the, during the hitters' meetings, the hitters themselves talk about it. And it's, it's I don't know, maybe it's just the difference between a bunch of students talking one to another as opposed to a teacher talking to a bunch of students. The results seem to be there. And in Kepler's case, uh, he had a home run to a little bit left of center field. Before that, a sharp single to the opposite field. And those are each things we haven't seen uh, much from from Matt Kepler over the years. So uh, whatever it is, it seems to be working. Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of a paralysis by overanalysis. Hard to say. And you know, going back to you know, we're talking about the Salon at the second spot. I think uh, Correa at the uh, leadoff spot. Maybe they found something there. It certainly has been the case the last two games. Yeah, and the you know, sad fact is for most of the season, uh, Carlos was hitting, and you know, maybe the uh, cold-hearted. Uh, approach to it would have been to lower him in the batting order instead of moving up to the leadoff spot because it, it just wasn't working where he was. But so far, so good. And these things tend to go in waves. And sometimes, uh, you know, we don't want to overreact to what we've seen so far. But I think anybody who's watched baseball and has seen these players play baseball uh, had concluded maybe a long time ago that there was more there than the the lineup was producing and so now it's starting to produce and we'll see if uh, it can finish off this homestand before the all-star break and then pick it up again after the break talking twins baseball dick brammer brought to you by jefferson lines to go back to the braves and i'll throw this at you uh dick as you as you know ronald acuna jr made history this past week he becomes the first player in, in in either the American or National League history to record 20 or more home runs, 40 or more stolen bases, and 50 or more runs batted in prior to the All-Star break. That's in the American or National League. That's 20 homers, 40 stolen bases, 50, 50 uh, runs uh, batted in. Impressive, Dick. And, and Derek, I think you said the other day, you said what impressed me is the, is the 40 bags before the All-Star break. But your thoughts on, on, right. that, on that accomplishment, Dick? Well, when you have a power hitter, and Acuna is a power hitter, right? You don't see the on-base percentage uh, be what it is, and you know you can't steal second unless you get to first, right? And so he's able to get on base. It's not just the home runs; uh, it's hits, walks, all of that, and then uh, you know just stealing bases on the blink of an eye. And it's it, it's fun, even if they're playing for the other side. It's really fun for me, and I think most baseball fans to see a player who has so much talent who can dominate the game. And last year we were talking about, you know, Aaron judge and everything he was doing in the power department. And now this year we're looking at Acuna, who's a great all around player and Luisa rise too, who's mm-hmm. still within range of, you know, going into the all-star break with a 400 batting average. So uh, it's nice to see excellence. Uh, you wish you had more of it on your side and, I think the Twins were exposed a bit uh, in the Atlanta series, but that doesn't mean they can't, you know, turn things around. And if the lineup produces the way that it should, the Twins, I think, can be competitive against anybody. Well, sure, and that's more or less because of the rotation because, I mean, it's still really rock solid. I mean, Joe Ryan obviously had trouble against the Braves lineup and what have you, but there is uh, no question they are just pitching well enough to get by. They just need a little better. I mean, they don't need to score nine runs a game like they did with the Bomba squad in 2019. They just need to get enough to help out this rotation, hopefully a more strengthened bullpen once everyone gets healthy. Yeah, the number's actually frightening when you look at it. Here we are. What, 90 games into the season, a little bit less than that, I think. And there have been 33 games this year where the Twins have scored two runs or less. 
I mean, that's that's not even 1968, uh, you know, caliber run production, uh, the year of the pitcher. So uh, hopefully those days are behind. They're still going to be, you know, games like the one uh, uh, they lost what three to two to Baltimore on Sunday, uh, or two to one, whatever it was. But they won one to nothing the game before that. Uh, you know, as long as the pitching stays healthy and is effective, this Twins team still has a chance, I think, to not only get to the postseason, but do something once they get there. You know, a tough break for Roy, uh, Royce Lewis again. That oblique injury can, uh, by all accounts, uh, a, a painful injury to say the least, but I know it's optimistic that at least not season ending like he's had to deal with in the past, but uh, you know, obviously that opens the door for Miranda to come back, but I guess uh, how do you how do you see them filling that void here for the next uh, you know probably six weeks? Well, it's another opportunity for Miranda, and he really hasn't shown much since the call up. It is a tough break for Royce Lewis. Uh, last night, Jose Altuve came out of the batting cage with a strain uh, on the uh, left side. I believe it was his left side as well, um, and it's an opportunity for Miranda, who had a great chance at the start of the year, but really didn't take advantage of it. And now he's got a chance here for the next few weeks uh, to start driving the ball like he did so frequently last year. It's been a very disappointing second year for Miranda because he was supposed to be hitting in the middle of the lineup, fourth or fifth, uh, driving in runs and hitting doubles and home runs, and he hasn't done uh, much of that. So an opportunity for him. Let's hope he can start driving the ball a little bit and and, uh, soften the blow of losing Royce until you know, probably the early August. Before we let you go, Dick, uh, I know that, that fans are probably interested with the MLB trade deadline on August 1st. And obviously, deals can be done after, but the the deadline is August 1st. And, and uh, you know, buy, sell, stand pat. Every year, it's the same thing leading up to that. And regarding where the Twins are in their division, the potential in which they could get to, uh, is this a team? I think, Derek, you just mentioned a little bit ago, uh, you kind of like what you have. And if things get in the uptick, are, are you okay to stand pat? Or is this a team that's going to go out and buy and try to make a big push or sell and, and try to get value for someone that's maybe high price? Where, where do you sit here right now, Dick? Well, I think the pitching, at least on the starting pitching side, that that's set as long as these guys stay healthy and always have to worry about that, right? With, uh, you know, Maeda, who's come back from injury. Uh, Pablo Lopez has been healthy. Sonny Gray's been healthy. Joe Ryan's been healthy. So right now, that part is set. I think every team that's in contention could use another bullpen arm. Uh, I don't know, frankly, you know, how realistic it is to see Caleb Thielbar come back and pitch as effectively as he did and, and stay healthy. Uh, uh, Thielbar, frankly, you know, I think he's the oldest guy on the team. Uh, so, you know, it takes older guys longer to recover from injury. So I could see the Twins going out there and getting some relief help, maybe from the left side. Uh, but the big thing is on the position player side, you know, these guys, the Buxtons and Correas, they're in their late 20s. They should be in their athletic prime. It's not like these guys are aging and, okay, once they've lost it, they're not going to find it. The key to this twin season is the guys who are in their 20s uh, should be performing at a much higher level that they performed. Uh, Polanco's been hurt, Kepler, all these guys that they revert back to simply doing what they've done in prior years. And if they do that, I don't think there will be a need on the position player side. I'm always curious what uh, either, like, like like the Yankees aren't used to not making deals to try to win that division. But as you know firsthand, Dick, you saw Tampa Bay. I'm curious what teams like New York 
uh, will do to, to try to – and I think they're, what, seven, eight games out probably? I'm curious what teams like the Yankees will do uh, come trade deadline. And what they can do in terms of trading prospects, I don't think the Yankee farm system uh, is deep enough to afford you know, trading prospects for somebody who might be able to help in the short term. Good point. Uh, the Yankees have had an assortment of injuries, and they've got you know, the similar problem only under different circumstances. They have a lot of aging veterans like Donaldson, Stanton, who have been huge disappointments, and part of it is because of their age. The Twins don't have – they've got the problem, but not the same symptoms or causes, if you will. So the Yankees have, uh, I think, as of the other day, the run production, team batting average, all that almost comparable, the Twins, to the Yankees. But the Yankees, you know, don't have the younger players that you can realistically hope for a rebound. They've got aging guys who may never be able to repeat what they've already done. Really valid, uh, valid point. Great talking ball with Dick Bremer. I'm sure. I, normally, I'd ask you every day after the Fourth of July, Dick, if there was one food that you could hold your own in in a competitive eating contest. Because uh, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it would be growing up, Dick. Uh, grapes? I don't know. I, uh, you seem like a very healthy eater to me, so I, I'm not sure. Would... Well, I, I'm looking forward to the sweet corn season, and I can uh, <laughs> I can put away some sweet corn. I don't think I'd want to try to do it in a hurry, though. But uh, uh, when the when the sweet corn arrives here in a few weeks, uh, we're usually good for a couple of a uh, couple of years, anyway. Yeah, that's spoken like a guy that also spent some time in Iowa too, mm, right? Same. That's, uh, <laughs> that's good to, Dick, as always, thanks for uh, thanks for the time. Good luck to the Twins tonight against the O's over the weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. The great Dick Bremer brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Uh, Jefferson Lines, uh, that, that is what uh, gives you uh, Dick Bremer uh, each uh, week. Uh, good points made. I am curious, fellas, because the, the great point on the Yankees, you know, they're eight back of Tampa Bay. And that division, you know, the, the bottom of that division would be vying for an AL Central title, by the way. Right. But the bottom of that division. But you know the pride that goes into those teams in the, in the pinstripes. And, and if there's a move to be made, uh, they're going to try to do it to make that search. But Dick makes a valid point. If your farm system, maybe if your selections that, that you have down there, or I, I don't know. I think they're just looking to get in the wild card to get, you know, get expand the playoffs. They're just trying to get in, and then they'll try to make, you know, get hot at the right time, you know, and. If they're able to get closer come August, well, that's a whole different story. Do the, but do the Dodgers make a move? They're trying to catch Arizona. I mean, they yeah. would be a they would be a playoff team. Does a team like Miami, uh, you know, do they do it? I don't right. know. That's, that's just something to keep in mind. And and I'm sure Twins fans are thinking the, the same thing. Now, it'd be one thing if you had some guys that uh, that are putting up numbers where their value could demand something large in return. But as we just discussed. The Twins in the pitching department, which normally we're screaming about, who's the ace? Who's the ace? Don't have an ace. Twins are actually throwing it okay. Yeah. The, you know? It's it's the bullpen, you know, left hand out for the bullpen, which you're going to have to give. I mean, the teams don't give up those guys for nothing. No. Well, maybe the Twins do, but. Um, <laughs> but, but those are your. No. Those, you just said the first thing you talked about today was seven, eight, nine, those final nine outs in a game. Yeah. Because you know, you... as far as, like, Dick said, I mean, as far as position players go, they have guys that should be able to produce. They just aren't. Yeah, right. And so I, it's that's the frustrating yeah. part about it. My guess is we're, we're probably looking at a team that stands relatively pat. Brad, oh, agree? I would think so. Derek? I would, I would say minor bullpen move, and that would be about yeah, it. Nothing mm-hmm. nothing flashy. Yeah, no, well, and splashy. I just wonder, they, they probably have enough reinforcements Position player wise in St. Paul, if they're 100%, okay. yeah. Um, with Walner and Larnick and right. 
Uh, Chris Williams has been a nice surprise. And, um, yeah, like I said, it, it would probably be a minor, you know, a bullpen move, I think. I mean, I, you could probably get a bullpen guy for a low minor leaguer and you'd probably be – it wouldn't hurt you that much. No. The uh, And, again, going back, especially in that division, you know, especially in that division. Uh, when we come back, we're going to effort – Jeff Kolpak right now is uh, – it's our mailbag, our Kolpak mailbag. Uh, he's got the golf show coming up, a special golf show coming up this weekend. But it's the 78th U.S. Women's Open. And it begins tomorrow, Pebble, uh, Pebble Beach, uh, Gulf Links in Pebble Beach, California. Well, Jeff has flown today from Fargo to Denver International, going down to San Jose, I think, is where he flew it, and then, then zipped and drives her car over. He's in the process of going to the old rental car. Now, <laughs> that could be intriguing, too. I think of planes, trains, and automobiles. It'd be Del Griffith going they on there. Think right? of Seinfeld. Oh, anybody can... <laughs> Take a reservation. It's the holding of the reservation. So we'll see if Jeff indeed has his car. And then we'll talk about Amy's chance, Amy Amy Olson. Uh, you know, this is pretty special. Seven weeks pregnant and uh, and and golfing. And this was her thing. Qualify that and play this, play this tournament. And it's all going down. So we'll talk with Jeff about that uh, right around the corner. Hopefully. <laughs> That's next. Jack Michael Shell on 740 The Fan. Take you, Jack Myers. I ran these on a double shot Tuesday before back of the Rock Day. Oh. Great song. Anybody can take a reservation. It's the holding of the reservation. Uh, Jeff Kolpak, it's our, our Kolpak mailbag today. Normally, Jeff would be sitting across uh, from me right here where he does the golf show in this studio, but he's en route and already has arrived, and he is ready for the uh, 78th U.S. Women's Open. Amy Olson uh, golfing in that one. But, Jeff, uh, as Brad and I both want to know, everything was smooth from the plane to the rental, or are we good? <laughs> you know what? They gave me an electric vehicle. I said, I've never driven one. Can I have one with gas? <laughs> so I get one with gas. And the California went, I don't think so. I don't think there is a car with gas anymore in California. So now you've got to be on the lookout for chargers on top of everything else. Is that correct? No, I did get a gas car. So oh, you I, did I get go, hey, Yeah, I'm from North Dakota, and I don't. there's not a lot of electric vehicles up there. I, I've never driven one, and I, I'm really not into experimenting when I'm going to the U.S. Women's Open here. I just... <laughs> want to get there <laughs> I'd be left to the side of the road uh Jeff you had an opportunity to sit down with Amy on a number of occasions but I know that at the beginning of her pregnancy if I'm not mis- I don't I don't think she broke the news over the golf show that would have been like you know like wolf blitzer type stuff there but I think some of the early times we learned was probably with you talking with Amy and her goal was to qualify and or project to this date where she'd be seven months along and here we are Jeff but take us through the the conversations with Amy and then we'll then we'll get into what your thoughts on, on what her chances are here yeah sure she came in I think it was late March early April I think it was early April and uh for a taping in the studio you're at right now for for my golf show and and we're going to do three segments which is about 40 minutes and first two went you know ordinary and and usual stuff and and uh, all of a sudden we go to the third segment. And she goes, oh, yeah, by the way, Grant and I are expecting. <laughs> I go, what? Wait, what? <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> but she goes, this is, and I wasn't going to run the show for another two, three weeks for her first uh, appearance in, in an LPGA tournament. So she goes, you can't say anything. Now, 
it's okay. I said, okay, I won't <laughs> post it on no social media. You know, mum's the word. It's a, it's a big family decision. And a couple weeks later, she and Grant posted on social media, and then I ran a story. And, and I think a couple days later, we ran with the show. So it's uh, And then here we are, U.S. Women's Open. She qualifies, and she's seven months pregnant, and it's already been a national story. And I think, you guys, it's important that we're out here for a couple reasons. Us being the forum and, right. and then my golf show, that, um, you know, she's, she's not committal on her future. And I think she'll play again, but she may not. And I think it's important that we, as as Fargo Media, I mean, see see this thing through. We've been covering her since she won the U.S. Girls, what is it, 2009 or something like that? Right. That's when it was. Yeah. In 2009, U.S. Girls Junior Champion. So we've been covering her pretty in, intently for, uh, I don't know, 15 years, you know, 13, 14, 15 years. And so I, I think we need to see this through. So this could be very well her last open. We don't know. But um if it is, I'm, I'm glad we're here, and I hope it's not, but we're here. I think that that's terrific. And and this this Open, yeah, she was, what, 16 that, that year you just dropped out? Yeah, that would make sense. You know, and now she's 30. Um, this, yeah. this you're, you're going to, you've got a number of other stories should you choose. Obviously, you're, you're there for a reason specifically, and, uh, you know, if, if Amy makes a run, even better. But even if she doesn't, I mean, my goodness, just being seven months along, and I don't, I don't know for a fact, but I wouldn't believe that she'd be the first because Amy had referenced that she reached out to other LPGA uh, colleagues that have uh, gone through something similar. Correct, uh, Jeff? Yeah, right. She's uh, and, and and these LPGA players that have been on the tour, you know, she's been on here ten years. They they know each other pretty well. I mean, they're they're, they're for the most part pretty good friends, and so she reached out to all these players who have children and who went through pregnancies and, and basically researched, you know, how long, how far along can I play? And I think she's probably at her max right now. I don't think she could have played maybe in the next week or two. Um, so I think that was her, what she got from, from the most part. And, uh, you know, and, and, and on top of that, just to finish up what I said before, you know, Beverly Hansen, I think we, we forgot about her. You know, she was the, one of the, the great LPGA players from the fifties. And, and, and I, I feel like we as a community forgot about her and, and uh, the media just stopped. And I, that's, I don't think it's going to happen uh, with Amy Olson in the next 10, 20, 30 years, but we can't also not let that happen either. So, no. um, and that's another reason I think we need to, you know, keep following her till her career is, is done. And whenever that may be, it may be 10 years from now, this may be it. We don't know. The uh, the other uh, storylines that are coming out, and you mentioned Jeff, in the remaining moments we have, uh, certainly Amy is is making news all over the place on Twitter and social media in her third trimester and about two months away from having the hair and grant having her child. Michelle Wee, from what we understand, uh, is this this is her last event, and that frightens me because now I feel really old. I still think of Michelle Wee as this young college golfer getting exemptions into various tours, and now. Her career is gone. She has a child, married, and all of that. And then the the young girl from Stanford. The name's going to escape me. I think it's Zhang. I, I watched Rose the Zhang. Yep. Yeah, yep. is is another. It's it's funny how sports just continually uh, to perpetuate. Uh, Jeff, when some are, are playing their last, others are coming in that are starting their own ripple effect. But the the wee story, and I think is Stormsam maybe playing her last. But there's some other stories here, are there not? Yeah, that's the big story out here right now, and that's pretty obvious. 
you know, since I've been here that, you know, this is Michelle, this is it for her. This is her last pro tournament. Came out of retirement, if you will. I think Annika Sorenstam came out of retirement. Of course, the reason is Pebble Beach. I mean, it's an iconic yeah. venue. This is huge for the women's game. This is their first open at the at, at the at, at Pebble Beach Golf Links. You know that it's had the men's U.S. Open six other times, but I think this is almost monumental. And, and the women are finally starting to play at these world class venues, and, and they're not playing at some country club somewhere that nobody's ever heard of. And so I think this is a big deal for women's golf on the whole. And so I think you're going to see that. I, I you know watching the Golf Channel last night they drove that point home and and um and so i think you know for amy this was a, just playing pebble beach and and u.s women's open you know those just those just two things hand in hand and and she's 31 seven months pregnant there's some so much going on right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great all i know is now you're two hours to the left jeff so uh the uh so she'll tee off about 9 22 central which puts you at about 722, which means that the, the cold pack breakfast, which I'm sure will consume uh, cons- uh, probably fruit, uh, you know, big healthy California plate, uh, 922 in round one, and then she'll turn around and tee off around a little after 3 o'clock central in round two, Jeff. So you being down there, and we'll, we'll look for the story, certainly on the forum and on the golf show here on The Fan, uh, but, but uh, personally, can you bring your cell phone? Can you walk? Is, is the women's different for some odd reason than the men's day can you have freedoms to to report you got to wait till after she's done what what's what are the rules jeff yeah great questions um i'm just coming up on the course now amy plays her practice round today at at 107 pacific 307 central so um i've covered a lot of football national titles and and ncaa basketball and all that been fortunate to do that this is a first for me, Jack. I have no idea. Wow, I'm fish out of water right now. <laughs> I'm curious, but because uh, I've heard stories like you know the the you know either you can walk, but the phone's got to be handed in at some. But I don't know if that's just masters or not. So I'm I'm looking for. I'm glad you made the trip, and I I think I'm with you. Uh, no brainer, Jeff, and and someone like you that that has, is passionate about that that has done a lot. You know, not just through the golf show, but it, uh, genuinely passionate and concerned about. You know, those that move on, would it be Tom Hoagie or any of the college or high school golfers here? And, and I hope it's not – what is your – do you have a gut on, a, on Amy? You know, she, she's such a, a bright uh, young person, and she and Grant got a lot to do in their lives. I know they're, they're a faith-based family that have a lot of – they want to raise a family. But does your gut tell you that, that this might be it for Amy? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I've yeah. thought about that now for a week since I've talked to both her and Grant. Um, I – you know, she's non-committal. I, I'm, I'm down the middle. Yeah. I think she's so competitive. I think she's going to give it another shot. I really do. I mean, she's the nicest person in the world. Oh. But I think when she steps on that first tee, she wants to crush your heart out, <laughs> and and in, in in a silent way, you know how those athletes are. And so I just don't. I can't imagine that it'll be her last. But you never know. I mean, like that. That's the great. She, I don't. She doesn't. I mean, I, I, she's going to see how it goes, and that's that's her stance. And and I believe her on that, and I, I would take the same stance. I mean, maybe in a couple of years or a year or three years, you, you're you're starting to hit the ball in your mid 30s, and you know, golfers, you're, it's you can you can play well for many years. So um, I don't know. I, I I couldn't give you a definitive gut response. I'm right down the middle. Is this? Did you say this was your first uh, trip to to Pebble, or just uh, the first? Have you been out there before and seen the links? No, no. I think the closest I've been was NDSU and. 
San Luis football. Oh, San sure, Luis yeah, football. right. Right, 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 right there in San Luis Obispo. That's exactly right. 156 women in this baby. So I mean, if if, if she qualified, I mean that it's not one thing. She's seven months pregnant. One thing, you know, qualified to get into it and back on it and around it with all the attention on her. And you got to find a way to make the cut. For goodness sakes, right? Just she's not out there for just to walk around and look at me. I'm pregnant. It's Amy. It's Amy Olson. She, like you said, she's going oh. out there to try to compete. Period. Oh, oh yeah. She's out here to make a uh, make a paycheck. There's yeah. no doubt. And and any anytime you can make the cut in any tournament, much less U.S. Open, I mean that's a huge deal. I so I've never followed her in a pro tournament. I mean because they've all been all over the country. So I, I'm just curious to see how intent and dialed in she gets. I've heard you know I, you've seen Tom and all these guys on TV. Right. Uh, they, they're living in their own bubble, man. They don't. They don't. There could be a tornado in the next county, and they'd have no idea. <laughs> That's, that's exactly right. The next right. city or the next course. I mean, they are that dialed in. We are looking forward to it. Uh, so, Jeff, uh, what what can the fans, what can your fans expect uh, maybe for the golf show coming up Saturday? Obviously, uh, you're, you're collecting shows as we speak, but uh, what can they expect maybe Saturday? Yeah, I'll be live from out here on Saturday. So, uh, you know, look forward to that. And, and hopefully I'll be live from out here with Amy starting her third round. I mean, what a, what a great story that would be. Um, if not, I will be live out here and we'll talk about, you know, how she did. Yeah. That's, so that's uh, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. Well, I'm glad you're in that, that gas car because we wouldn't want, <laughs> I mean, Brad and I would have come and got you, right, Brad? We would have oh, absolutely with a charger. Yeah. I'd have called Johnny Boltman and, uh, he has that super, <laughs> supercharger. We, we would have got that done and all that. Hey, Jeff, I appreciate on short notice, too. I know you've been in you've been in vehicles and planes and rental cars and driving and all that. So uh, enjoy the rest of your morning. I know it's only like 57 degrees where you are uh, right now, but uh, enjoy the rest of your morning and, and say hi to Amy. Uh, let her know that we're all rooting for her, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, Jack. Good to see you, Brad. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, Jeff Kolpak, our Kolpak mailbag, as we like to do once a week here on the program. And it was a good mailbag today, Brad. I'm I'm pulling for Amy. I, I think that uh, this I, young, she's I, so grounded. By the way, she if you've ever met Amy, yeah. uh, she is one of the most grounded people that you know, and one of the easiest people to root for. I, I don't think she's going to know until that baby comes into the world, and then because that that it, it changes you so much, and they'll find her and right. Grant will find that out. But I I kind of lean on Colpack's side that maybe maybe she takes a few months off, maybe she takes a year or two off. She's still got plenty of time to play golf. Right. Yeah. There'll be there'll come a time where, where you know, she'll feel good in her motherhood and she and yeah. Grant will be rolling and then she'll say, say uh, All right, tell I, you what, Grant, uh, can you watch the baby? I'm, I'm going to run on and hit some I'm balls. I'm ready to go back to work. I'm going to go hit some balls. And then she's like, boy, I, I still kind of got this swing down. Yep. And then <laughs> I could easily. Well, I think I'm ready to go back to work. I think I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, so that's good. Uh, again, Amy, uh, tees off tomorrow at 9.22 Central Time, and that's a round one tee-off. And then she'll tee off in round two at uh, 3.07 Central Time. As Jeff just told you, she's got her uh, practice round coming up here in an hour or so. And then, you know, 156 ladies. Uh, if she can make the cut, uh, that's number one. And then number two, maybe be playing on Saturday, as Jeff said, and, and Sunday. So uh, we're pulling for her on that. And, and obviously, if you've seen any sports social media around golf, she literally has taken to the – Top of, of mm-hmm. uh, some of the conversation with Michelle Wee, with Storm Sam, and then with the young player uh, Zhang out of Stanford. That's uh, that's uh, golfing with Lydia Ko in, the, in her group. Yep. So that's a, that's pretty cool for the youngster 
<laughs> got Lydia Ko that you're walking around the course with to maybe set. It's like a pace car, right. you know? <laughs> it's like a pace car when you got Lydia exactly. Ko in your group. Uh, big stuff. Thank you to Dick Bremer joining us today on uh, on a Wednesday edition. Uh, tomorrow we're going to effort, going to give a little uh, plug. Got the Lions All-Star uh, yep, games Monday, coming up. Monday, Tuesday next week. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if we can after that. JG, hopefully tomorrow too. Corey Provost joining us on, on Friday. Red Hawks in action tonight. Uh, the Slim Reaper, Garrett Alexander. That's his name. Big Texan. Is that what it is? He's a great, that's what the guys, he was for Cleveland. And everybody in Cleveland goes, Jack, you know what we call Garrett? They call him the Slim Reaper. Big tall Texan yep. going tonight for the Red Hawks. Tune in uh, at 6. Yep, last call pitch to 35270. Oh. We'll pick a winner here probably the next few minutes. Yes. And uh, you can throw a fastball, knuckleball, yeah, change can, up. You can, you can throw into Hawkeye tomorrow night if you want to. <laughs> Stick around. Common is next. Uh, good to have you on board. We'll do it again tomorrow right here on 740 The Fan at 107.3 FM KNFL. KNFL.